before we begin, please note that this is a comedy podcast. Our opinions in this episode do not represent our actual views. In accordance with Corona guidelines, this episode was recorded remotely. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to CDNO, the Caution Do Not Open podcast. I'm joined today by literally all of Newmont. So say hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. We got Amber over here. Hello. We also got Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? We got Jamie. She said hi in the chat. Um, She's not joining us right now in voice. We got Joey. And we got Jackson. Hola. All righty. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we I'm taking the, this podcast in a little bit of a different direction. It's it was originally set, as you guys saw, for kind of a, a true crime podcast, but I'm taking it a different way. Instead, today we are going to be talking about surviving the apocalypse. So Grayson actually suggested this idea, but he's not here right now. He'll be joining us um, later in the episode. But let's go ahead. Let's get started. Surviving the apocalypse. What is the most likely situation you guys think would happen to start the apocalypse? Corona, really. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) It's already started. It's already started. Like, we're already fighting over the toilet paper. I mean, she's not wrong. We are fighting over the toilet paper, especially. As long as we have to leave. (laughs) That's the thing I don't get. Why are people fighting over toilet paper? It's a thing that affects lungs. Oh no, it's a virus that affects my lungs. I'm gonna shut my brains out. Oh no. It's (laughs) It's also like people don't know how to use a decent amount of toilet paper. Like, they want to buy, like, three packs all for themselves. How and much then, toilet paper do you use? I don't know. It's like they, they overcompensate and are like, I'm going to use all of this. But then again, I think people were super overcompensating for the amount, for the length of time that quarantine was. Right. Yeah, but I mean, even, even yeah. for how long it was, like, if everybody had it, just went out and bought, like, 20 packs, there would have been plenty to just order more off Amazon at a decent price. That's exactly. It was more of a domino effect. Like one person bought like 20 and then another person was like, oh, this guy's buying everything. I'm going to need some. So I don't know if everyone else is going to do it. And then people just started snowballing and then it just became a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time that it happened. No, it's not. It won't be the last. I I highly doubt it'll be the last time that happens. So I really wish, but probably (laughs) we're thinking Corona is probably going to start the apocalypse. Okay. Uh, any sort of virus, literally any game ever, starts with some sort of virus that infects people. You're not wrong, but also, like, I was thinking, because no matter what kind of virus there is, people are going to go into a panic and think things are going to be chaos. We're just seeing a really big peak because, you know, people are crazy. And we have currents dealing all of our amenities. So, you know, zombies. Yeah, that's very true. Our boy Grayson has entered the server. He's muted for a sec, but we can welcome Grayson right now as well. So I think like we've seen this major impact from Corona. I honestly think that sometimes like during the normal cold and flu season, people do somewhat of the same things. It's just with Corona, we've seen a whole bunch more people doing the exact same things that others have done in the past. 
let's say Corona does end up starting some sort of apocalypse. What kind of apocalypse do you think it would necessarily start if it were to continue at the rate it's going? I'd say more of a civil apocalypse, like a not really a zombie one, because I don't think it would be that kind of virus or anything like that. I just think everyone would just go crazy enough to where they would just start, you know, just killing each other. I think that's a possibility, especially with the riots that we've seen lately. Um, Right. Honestly, I think just sorts of stuff like that. And like, I don't in my opinion, I don't think the riots were necessarily started because of coronavirus, but I think it did have a major part in how people were reacting to all of that. They were well, acting think, a little. Well, yeah. I think part of it is like it, we've had things like this in the past, you know, like in not in the nine in like 98 or something like L.A. had riots over the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. But I think what it is is now that everybody's just in their house with nothing to do. Now there's like there's nothing else to do. So everybody is paying attention and everybody's like going out and vocalizing about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just been a really really weird time that we've been in ever since coronavirus was publicly announced back in what was it end of february beginning of march uh, it was originally it was originally announced like early january but it didn't ever start getting serious till like early february and nothing really happened till like early march yeah like it started actually december 2019 but it really didn't become an issue until for like people didn't panic about it until it hit the U.S. or at least you know for us Americans. But yeah, and I mean, out. and th- and then on top of that, they're starting to think that it may have just it may just have been around in the environment waiting for the proper time to activate. Yeah, even then, I've heard theories that Corona is just the flu and the cold like mutated together because symptoms, but. I'm no scientist, and all I'm saying, people should be safe. Don't kill others. Thank you. Wear I agree. Hands, wash your hands. Yep. Do all the stuff that they've been telling you to do since the beginning. Don't kill my little brother who's high risk. Thank you very much. So, COVID-19 has broken out. We've all started, you know, killing each other. Things have gotten worse. Okay. What's your weapon of choice? Um... Don't really have to worry about sound or anything, so I'd say like a weapon with a fixed bayonet, bayonet in the end, like a gun. Anything could be a weapon if you really wanted, if you if you really tried. Yeah, that's true. Anything could be if you really tried. For yeah, but really, what would be effective against humans? You know, in my house we have plenty of knives. So yeah, I was gonna say probably like a sword or something would be mine. I had to a really long stick. Yeah, but then you die to someone like me who has a gun. <laughs> that's true okay jamie says mine would probably be something blunt wouldn't have to worry about ammo that would actually be a really good point in a post-apocalyptic world i mean guns would guns and um, ammunition would probably last for i don't know how long do you guys think it would last depends on how good of a weapon handler you are and how good of a shot yeah. you are that's and, true and it also depends on where you're from though too because like I'm in Idaho. Everybody here has guns and like 1,200 of them in their basement. Like, <laughs> um. yeah, but I mean, even like, like, let's take, for example, like special forces. Let's take Navy SEALs. Like if they had one clip, they could easily take out 30 people. Whereas like maybe I could only take out 15 because I, you know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. very true. I also or, live in a small town, so that's good and my town is more, I guess, higher 
because some people live in a really nice part of it. There's only like a thousand people in my town, so mm. okay. I don't know how many. Most people here are hunters, so I guess most people have guns. But I also have a friend who lives in the country who has plenty of weapons, and I could just go there. <laughs> well, see, you know, for me, I live in a city, so it's like. For me, at the end of the day, most of my most of the people I'd come across would be in close quarters, so I don't even know if a like a gun would even be useful for me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Also, also realistically, for me, I would not survive very long. I am really weak. I joke about like murder all the time, but I have an awful knee and really bad ankles. I would not survive. That's why you need a yeah. gun. Yeah, my dad tried to teach me all these things. I was like, um, I mean, it could be, but you know, it could be if you really were put in that situation. But for everyday yeah. use, I really don't think a lot of the stuff like that is really necessary. Yeah, because I know the basics, you know, like how to disarm someone, how to break some zone. Yeah, defense. I mean, I think at the end of the day, what's more important than weapons is just knowing how to, like, either if you're living in the country or in a less populated area, living off the land, or knowing in a city where you can go to get things that you can live off of. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, um, in my town, it's mostly farms. Mostly wheat, corn, maybe a little bit of beans. Mainly, yeah. Mainly mm-hmm. corn, I'd say. I uh, just wanted to say weapon of choice would probably actually be something more passive. I think it might be better Flowers. to... Nah, I mean, granted, like, no violence is usually the best answer. So I'd probably go with something more passive of just, like, defending my house, making my my place of residence harder to break into. Oh, mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and I think it really depends on... There's a bunch of different factors, like how that all is really going to play out with the virus, what weapons are actually going to be available versus what ones are going to work for where you live. Then again, there's geographical stuff because there's a bunch of different factors, I think, when you really need to survive the apocalypse. Yeah, and then I think it also just comes down to individual people. Like, would my mom or my dad be willing to pick up a gun and shoot somebody or pick up a sword and and, like kill somebody? I don't think so, you know? My parents won't care, probably. My stepdad, especially. Yeah, it would. It would be one of those interesting ones to really see it play out if that were to actually happen. Can I bring up just like an interesting question? I want to bring up another uh, apocalypse question. All righty, go for it. What do you think the benefits of a civil apocalypse would be? I'm civil. When when you shoot the bad people, they stay down instead of keep charging at you. I mean, I was going to go like uh, no more taxes or anything, but that's also pretty oh, cool. Yeah. There's also downsides as well. Well, okay. yeah, but, but I'm just I'm trying to be an optimist here. What do you think the benefits are of this kind of apocalypse? I don't know. But think about this. What's going to happen to all the nuclear power plants? When people stop working at them, they're gonna overheat. They're gonna, they're gonna go set off. Gonna... Yeah, I mean, in the first initial days of all of that stuff, when 
like, let's say this virus takes the entire world over in 24 to 48 hours. Okay. There's going to be an initial, like, say, week to two weeks where there's going to be a lot of disastral things happen. Like you said, nuclear power plants. I I, I don't think nuclear power plants are of concern. I'm pretty sure they have safety shout outs in the event of that. Over time, I'm saying, like, over time. I, I think, uh, Here's here's another question, I guess, is do you think this is like a local thing? Do you think this would just be the U.S. or just the Western Hemisphere or is this global? I mean, I think it would probably start localized, but it would grow global. I mean, yeah, people try to escape, they'll like it'll spread like all over, really. Yeah. And then and then countries people are are fleeing to people won't want them fleeing there. So then they're going to start fighting back. And yeah, exactly. It's kind of like how COVID started. It started localized there in China, but then it spread to a worldwide disease that we are now trying to combat. Well, yeah, but you were talking about like, you know, COVID is probably not going to. If it were to develop more and cause an apocalypse, it would be more of a social apocalypse than like, oh, no, zombies or nuclear warfare or something like that. Uh, So, in other words, what countries are the best off or most resistant to this type of apocalypse? Because I think in America, we're kind of doomed if something like that were to come up. We're We're doomed either way in America. Iceland. Iceland. That's what it's called. Iceland. My brain right now. Or Greenland. Greenland would be nice. Nobody's in Greenland. <laughs> well, I mean, not many people are in Iceland either, so. That's true. And also Greenland's bigger, so you could arguably stay further away from people since there are less people and it is bigger. That's Time true. for Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to Antarctica with my penguin friends. Peace out. To the penguin. First, part of me wants to say Siberia would be a pretty yeah. good choice. I, I just think yeah, that. There are people there. I do remember yeah. that. Because Canada, like, I think, if I remember correctly, it's like 60 to 70% of the populations is near the border. So, like, northern Canada is, like, completely desolate. Yeah, in those desolate-like areas. But then that begs the question, would, des- would quote-unquote desolate areas, like, here in the U.S., like, say, in the higher parts of the Rocky Mountains that aren't really visited, would those could be considered a safe place during this? Well, I think you also have to take into account, uh, I think there's probably more things that can grow in Canada that can't than in like the Rocky Mountains. Well, I'm in the Midwest. So any, I mean, there's a lot of like, crops that can grow here. And there's like a whole bunch of like wilderness in Nebraska. So it's just country and like forests and all this other. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that, it really depends on how the virus actually is going to work, per se. Like some viruses are more prone to being killed off in the cold. Some are more prone to being killed off in the heat. Some in humid, some in dry. It's it's one of those where you really have to. It really depends on how the virus spreads, mutates and what actually can kill it off. But on top of that, also, where can you survive comfortably enough? Exactly, because you don't want one that like dies in the cold and you go move above the Arctic Circle. That's not going to be a very viable option for you. So I mean, to kill off the virus, maybe, but... 
Yeah, or or one that like die like is killed off in like extreme heat. But then again, going to live in the Sahara Desert is probably not the smartest idea either. Yes. Has, has anybody here read the Andromeda Strain by I Michael have. Crichton? I have not. I have so, never heard of it. Uh, the Andromeda Strain is uh, basically like a pandemic story of a deadly virus. It manages to get contained before it leaks out of a small town, but. Uh, the way that it ends up ending, so sorry, spoilers, but viruses mutate all the time and it ends up mutating so that it doesn't any longer affect human hosts. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's uh, a viable way for this to end? Is uh, a different strain of it happens? I mean, I think, yes, it could. But I also think like the Andromeda strain is so sci-fi in the way that the virus pretty much has a brain of its own. And knows, hey, the humans are containing me. I need to mutate so that way they don't contain me. Whereas I don't think a virus in real life really acts that way. You know, they, it just kind of mutates depending on the variables and the environment around. I'm going to jump to the topic of what if you move, like, because of how the virus dies. I was going to make a comment that it sounds like North Dakota would be one of the safest places in the U.S. at least because... It is fairly desolate. It gets really cold, but also can get really hot. Because as a person who's lived there, who lived there for nine years, we went from negative fifties to the early like a hundreds in degrees. So, oh yeah, but I mean, also then, if we're talking about moving because of it, how viable is moving from like Texas to North Dakota in the middle of a? Well, I don't know, like if that's. Yeah, no. It depends on like if that's public information or not. Like if the government is like, "Hey, North Dakota is the safest place," then obviously everyone's going to flock there. But then again, yeah. if that virus has the mutation or the ability to spread through other human contact, that's not going to be a viable option for you. So you'd have to go find another place but I also somewhere think else. But I also think it's just like logistically, like. Does it logistically, will it even logistically make sense for me to get in a car and drive to North Dakota? How do I know gas stations throughout the, you know, on the way aren't going to be shut down and I'm not going to be able to get gas or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many different variables to consider when we're when we're discussing literally what could be the end of the world. Yeah, like I'm like for me, I think it would make I think for most people it would make most sense to like. Find place near where you are that is a good place to stay in the event of something. In case, so that way, if instead of moving and risking running out of gas halfway through and being in the middle of nowhere, you at least have a place where you have some supplies and you know you're not going to run out of those supplies for X amount of time. Okay, but that does, I just thought of this, that also does beg the question, would it be viable in a situation like that to have like an underground shelter where you can where you're safe from per se the outside elements but you're also able to have your own food supply and everything else that's inside i mean yeah. i i yeah. think it is okay um but the thing is how is it going to spread is it still going to be spread to the air like it is now or is it going to change uh and there's where those mutations come in yeah. You have to find a way to prevent that from being able to get in through the air system. 
or through maybe your water system, or yeah. there's a whole bunch of options that you'd have to consider. I mean, arguably, you could do the exact thing nuclear submarines do, just add on food production into it, you know, nuclear submarines. So let's say you put your bunker near the ocean, right? You could arguably take water from the ocean, purify it for drinking water. You could grow your food in, and then you could also just create your own air. You could clean the carbon dioxide out of the, or whatever, out of the air and replenish it with oxygen. See, there's a, there's so many different options. Okay, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start trying to wrap this up. What are their variables? What are your other thoughts, input, feedback, whatever it may be on maybe different viruses, things we haven't discussed so far, anything like that? I think, I think in my opinion, the best thing you can do to be prepared for an apocalypse, no matter what it is, you know, whether it's a nuclear apocalypse or a virus or a civil apocalypse, have a collection of items, you know, like a bug out bag that will get you for like three days to a week. So if you need to leave immediately or you need supplies for a, a short amount of time to get more supplies, that's perfect. You just grab your bag and you go. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that I think is a really good thing to have. And once again, everything's going to be really different. Yeah, it already is very, very different from even like, what, six months ago. Like, this whole world is different. And I don't know, I guess my only advice is even is still be prepared. Because like, I mean, I, we've had food storage for years that can last us a good six to 12 months in case we can't go out and buy food and supplies and stuff. So, I don't know. And like my family does the same thing, but not everyone has access to that. Yeah. At least not right now. Uh, me and my true. me and my girlfriend were talking about this earlier. You know how like when 9/11 happened, the entire airport system changed and like the TSA became stricter and all that. What do you think the permanent changes will be to society after this kind of blows over even though it's not really going to for a while? I think the only like real like permanent change besides government, you know, I'm I'm not going to get into politics or government or anything, but I think like the only real social change, like uh, civilization change we may have is more people will be allowed to work, possibly be allowed to work from home. And I think that's something that a lot of us have actually come to realize during all of this, that a lot of the stuff that everyone was like, you have to do this in person doesn't have to be done in person. You can do it at home or away from the office or wherever it may be. Right. But then there's some people like Janus, Sodium, all these other people that like need to go into what, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not saying like everybody's going to work from home. You know, I'm currently a lifeguard. There's no way I can do my job at home. There's literally mm. no way. I don't you know. know. Have so, you tried? Uh, they wouldn't let me at the Y, so... Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, but you know, like, it's definitely not going to be the type of thing where, like, everybody's going to have that opportunity or that option. But I think it's also the type of thing where, like, the people who do have that opportunity, the people who do have that option will be more likely to be given that option. Because I know, like, for my mom, it was never really a it was always like a you have to be on in the office. And now they're like, mm, we don't really care that much. You know, like you can do your job from home. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. 
that's one of those changes that have happened because of COVID. And I think something that's going to affect our society for a long time to come. Hey, at least we're all in uh, computer science. <laughs> it's true. We're going into computer science. Our jobs can be done remotely. All right. Yeah, anyone have any final thoughts on any of this? I really hope that during the Civil War, we won't have to kill Tony Hawk. Yeah. All right, that will be unfortunate. Up. Adam, Adam, that was solid. Uh, I appreciated that. Loved thank it. You. Oh, <laughs> really quick closer. I just want to go down the list like uh, of everybody here. Which celebrity do you think has the best chance of living? Bear Grylls. Um, for me, I say I don't know if anybody who it is. Someone named Jared Padalecki. Jared Padalecki from what is it? Supernatural. Yep. I mean, those guys, Jared Padalecki, Jensen Adams, they're all pretty. I mean, because they know all the survival stuff from the show. I mean, you could put that to use in the real world. So. You could. Bear Grylls. Keanu Reeves. Hands down. <laughs> oh. Smokey the Bear. I, I love that. <laughs> of course. Uh, I think for me, probably celebrity. I don't even know. I feel. I feel like it's just like probably somebody that like nobody's ever heard of, except for like a small select few. But mm. I don't even know who they are because I don't watch small select few people. <laughs> I I think anybody that has knowledge of how to survive in any and some situations you know in whatever situation it happens to be has a higher chance of succeeding in an apocalypse that's That's true that's what i'm talking about yeah like because like yeah bear Bear grills he could be a celebrity but he also could not be a celebrity and still know all the stuff he knows and still do perfectly fine that's true the real question is would you survive an apocalypse that is the real question. Would you survive an apocalypse? The answer is no. I would dun, not. Dun, 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 dun. What, what, what Scale do of cons- 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10. I would give myself, 10 being definitely, 0 being uh, dead immediately. I'd go with a 5. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, what's the, uh, uh, like, how do we quantify surviving an apocalypse, you know? If you survive more than 14 days, I think I could survive more than 14 days. I think (laughs) I could do more than 14 days. I think I could. But let's say the apocalypse goes on for uh, three years. Would you survive that? I think it would just come down to like how prepared I got and how prepared I was before it started. Yeah. 14 days, 10 for sure. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Uh, three years, five. I, for 14 days, yeah, I could survive. But for, like, three years, I very highly doubt that I would be able to survive. I am too passive in real life to, like, even try to get more resources and, like, ask. Because I have the chance of dying if I go out. You see, and I think in that situation, it would be, I think in any situation, it's good to have, like, one or two close friends or people you know won't turn their back on you. To, you know, you maybe you don't go out and find stuff, but you do stuff around wherever you guys are holding up. That yeah. is still mm-hmm. under the circumstances that you can get together with other friends and live together. I assume you would, uh, you know, because three years is a long time, but yeah, there still is a chance that you're isolated by yourself. Yeah, definitely. Friends. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that also just that also just comes down into the luck factor. Like, are you lucky enough that somebody won't come into wherever you're boarding up and holding out and take all your stuff and kill you? You know, it's like, at that point, it's luck. Yeah, yeah way too many um, factors. Yeah. See, with my friend Ed, that I've known since like second grade, he uh, he lives in the country. He knows all this stuff about weapons. He has um. He has hunting knowledge, he has all this other stuff, he has all these weapons at his house. His father is, like, super tall and he, like, buff and everything. He knows, like, he knows how to survive, so I think that'd be pretty good with him. Mm-hmm. And he stuff that I don't know. And I think we then also have to take into account, what if you're, like, if you, it is, let's say it is three years and you don't have any other human contact, I think at that point it's not necessarily even like learning how to survive it's how do you not lose your mind without a social aspect that's yeah. true well thank you guys so much for joining the podcast today once again people on this call was amber hey <laughs> we had adam it's me we had joey no <laughs> we had jackson he said something, but it didn't come through. And then Wait. we had, there he is. And then we had Grayson. Hey. We also had Jamie, but she was in the chat and she had to leave halfway through. But regardless, thank you guys so much for listening. If you did enjoy, be sure you share the podcast with someone. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.